how's it going? I'm so glad you decided to stop by and take a listen to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna, and you are going to be with me for the next hour. And I am so excited about this podcast episode. Now, if you've ever played with a deck of cards, I'm telling you right now, you're never going to look at a deck of cards the same way after you listen to this podcast. So, but before we get to our show, I just wanted to remind you guys and encourage you to head on over to our website, path11podcast.com, and I'd like you to consider possibly becoming a sponsor and helping us to keep all of our content free. And if you would like and feel inspired to do so, I'd like you to check out and see which type of sponsor you would like to become. You can be the no strings attached sponsor and just donate a dollar per month just to support us because you love the content. You think we're doing a good job. Um, if you can't tell, I love doing this and, um, I want to keep bringing more content to you guys and any little bit of extra cash flow that we can have helps us on the production end of keeping this podcast for free. Uh, Many of you know I am also a meditation teacher, so I decided to record a guided meditation, and if you would like to receive that gift, you can become a meditation supporter for $3 a month, and then there's other options that goes on. You can donate $5, $10, $25. There's different gifts that you can uh, get. So head on over, take a look at it again, path11podcast.com. There's going to be an orange button on the right side. Go ahead and click that. It'll bring you to our Patreon page and it'll let you know how you can support us. So thanks so much if you do. And now I'd like to introduce you to our guest. So today I'm joined with author Robert Lee Camp, and we are going to be discussing the book Love Cards, What Your Birthday Reveals About You and Your Personal Relationships. And you're going to come to find that Robert is a queen of diamonds. We're going to talk more about that in our interview. But he's also a teacher and master astrologer. Among his clients, many of whom are well-known names in Hollywood, he is known for the accuracy and insight of his personal readings. Robert has performed readings for Glenn Close, Ray Don Chong, Woody Harrelson, Mrs. Robin Williams, Amy Osborne, Mrs. Dick Van Patten, and Mrs. Merv Griffin, as well as many producers. Robert has taught hundreds of seminars and appeared on hundreds of radio and television talk shows across the United States and Canada. DJs have dubbed him Mr. Destiny as he amazes and delights their listening audience with predictions about their lives and lives of major celebrities and people in the news. Robert has appeared on over 1,500 radio shows and has appeared as a guest on the Mary Lou Henner Show, the Maury Povich Show, and the Roseanne Show. So welcome, Robert. Thanks. Great to be here. April. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so I have to tell the story about how I came across your work sure. and I do have, um, a question that I promised to ask this person. So I was actually one of my clients, um, had come to me and she comes to me for Reiki and some, for some therapy and stuff like that, that I have in my private practice outside of path 11. And her best friend had given her your first, one of your other books, the cards of your destiny. Uh huh. And then she also received the Love Cards book, which is the book that we're going to talk about today. So my client had gone through a little bit of a tragedy, which um, is one of the reasons that brought her in. And she was dating a gentleman who, when he was younger, um, unfortunately got into a car accident. He was drinking and his best friend was in the passenger seat and died. 
Mm-hmm. And then fast forward X amount of years later, my client meets him that, you know, they fall in love, they're dating. Uh, they had some trials and tribulations and were kind of on the outs. And then he ended up dying. Um, his best friend was now the driver and then he died, um, in a car accident, uh, with the DWI. So it was, you know, really just kind of the whole story, very tragic, synchronistic, interesting. And when, when she received your book, she began looking up her birthday and his birthday. And, um, this is going to be more in line of the cards of your destiny, but it showed that in that year, both of them had a card that denoted loss. Um, that I also think, I don't know if it was necessarily, necessarily means death, but, um, loss. And she started telling me about your books and how this card matched with this card. And then she looked this person up and she was explaining it all to me. And I said, Oh my God, I have got to get my hands on these books and I need to interview this person on my podcast because what she was telling me blew me out of the water. So, um, oh, cool. yeah, yeah, I do have, and I do have a question for you later on in the podcast that she asked if I would ask you, because there was something, um, pretty significant in her reading that you had mentioned in your book that it's not very often that that happens. Um, so with that, I would like to let our listeners know too, that, you know, some of the language that we're going to be using, we're going to be talking about all 52 cards in, in what we would call a playing deck. So, you know, listeners are familiar with that. Everyone has seen a deck of cards. Um, and I would highly recommend after listening to this podcast to go out and actually get one of these books. So you'll even have a greater understanding of what we're talking about. But Robert also has a great YouTube channel. I've learned a lot from that as well, um, to get a, greater idea in depth of, um, all the cards that we're going to be talking about today. So one of the things that I was wondering you can, that you could do in the beginning is to actually talk to our listeners about how you first stumbled upon this when you came across that book, sacred symbols of the ancients. Yeah, I I was, um, I was already, uh, doing astrology when, um, a friend of mine, a friend of my wife's actually, she, she came over and no, actually we were visiting her house and she knew that I was doing astrology and she said, well, Hey, have you ever heard about this? And she handed me this book, sacred symbols of the ancients. She said, Hey, just look up your card and see what you think. And so I picked up this book and I read the, had a description of my birth card, the queen of diamonds. And I was like appalled by it because it wasn't a very flattering description. <laughs> It was very, um, very uh, to the point, you know, but it was really accurate, you know. And um, at first I was really put off by the book, but then I ended up going out and looking for it because I knew that I had found something that was truly um, a real and magical system. And and also I, I couldn't believe that it worked because there were eight birthdays of the year that have my same card and I couldn't understand how it would be possible for eight different birthdays to have the same meaning, but I couldn't deny that the one that my description of my card was right on. So it really piqued my curiosity. And I bought the book finally and studied it. And I looked and looked for other books on it because I was just taken by it. Couldn't find any other books about this system anywhere. And uh, ended up kind of like just putting the book aside um, after playing with it for about a year, it just sat on my shelf. And then I, we moved to Los Angeles and one of my wife was a yoga teacher and one of her clients, uh, 
uh, Dick Van Patten's wife came over one day to the apartment where we lived and she saw sacred symbols on my shelf. And she says, oh, you have that book? There's a guy in town that wrote another book about that and he's having a class. So um, I was really excited and um, I ended up taking the class with her and some other people and learned that there was so much more to the system in that class. And that really got me on the, then I realized this is really what I wanted to do, what I really wanted to invest myself in. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about the system? It sounds very intricate to me. And I know that um, in one of your YouTube videos that I was watching, you were talking about, you know, the 52 cards in the deck represents the 52 weeks um, that we have in a year. The four suits is about the four seasons. And I'd love to know more about like who founded this system. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about um, what the cards uh, mean in that aspect uh, so we can understand it a little bit better about the magic behind this? Yeah, well, um, you know, we all take the deck of cards for granted. um, And uh, every every ancient civilization uh, claims to have invented the cards. because they're so old they're just really really old like i mean they we've traced them back i don't know to the pre um roman period uh but there is no real proof of how old they are and the book that the first book ever written about the true use and secrets of the cards was written in 1894 it's called uh it's called the mystic test book And he says in his book that they were instructed to keep this knowledge secret for a really long time, this group called the Order of the Magi. And it was just at 1894 that they were given permission to actually publish the secrets behind the deck of cards. And in his book, he says that the cards actually came from Atlantis. They were sort of given to humanity 20,000 years ago. Um, And it's very interesting now, after using the cards for so long, uh, I see that this card system will only work on planet Earth because it's made for planet Earth. It's made for the cycles of planet Earth, you know? I mean, one thing people don't, they don't realize is correlations between the deck of cards and the calendar, but the most significant one, I think, is the fact that if you add up all the numbers and all the cards, it equals the number of days in a year. You know, you add up the aces are one and the jacks are 11, queens are 12 and kings are 13. You add up all the cards in a deck, it ends up being 365. So, so, you know, it's there's no other card system out there. No other card system that does this. It's the only one that was really meant to be this symbolic representation of the cycles of planet Earth. So there's all kinds of card systems. I used to do tarot myself before I discovered this system. And there's nothing else like it out there. And this is a mathematical system. A lot of people, they hear cards and they think, oh, yeah, you shuffle the cards and you ask a question and you see what you get. It's nothing like that at all. It's it's completely mathematical. It's fixed. It, it was already here. It already knows every card for every year and month of your life is already there to be looked at and explored. And uh, and it either it's either accurate or it's not. And everybody gets to test it and see for themselves, you know. 
Yes, um, you're right. It could be a bit overwhelming. I've been getting lost in the book each time I pick it up, almost like three hours at a time. And there's such an, an order and a system to it. And I feel like you've rocked my world, Robert, because now now that I've been exposed to this, I feel like, oh my gosh, like how, number one, how did I not know about this up until now? And two, now I don't know if anything else would make sense as much as this does now that I've read it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was doing Tarot. I was I had a really good Tarot teacher and I, you know, I never got consistent results from Tarot because I'm not really that psychic, actually. I think people that are really psychic get a lot of good from Tarot, but it never was a reliable uh, help for me, um, even though I, you know, gave readings to people and, you know, what I wanted it to work. <laughs> and But once I discovered this system, I... Tarot, I lost complete interest in it. And I, because this one, this system was consistently accurate and amazing. I remember the first class I took with uh, this guy in LA, Arnie Lean, who was my first teacher. And when he taught us in that first class how to look up the cards for this year and for this month. I saw that the card that was there was something that had happened just the day before and it had and it blew my mind like oh my god this just happened to me and there it is in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it hooked it hooked me right from the beginning. Um, but I still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic by nature actually and I still wasn't ready to say well this is really this is really it, you know. I wanted it to be true, but I, I also I wanted to see. So I, I hung out with it for a year, and after a year, I realized this is the real deal, you know. Right. This is, and it's not well known because it, it really was only there were very few books published on this. Uh, I think I really I, I was lucky in a way, fortunate that I was able to be one of the people to bring this forward to the to the world. You know, um, I feel really grateful to have done that. It's it was a mission and I took it on and, uh, uh, you know, I had sort of a, like an understanding with God, that, you know, I would only do this if it would support me. You know, I didn't want to struggle as some, you know, struggling esoteric reader or something. And, and it's been good. It's been good. It's been very fortunate for me. And it was funny when I learned the system from my teacher, Arnie Lean, there was a bunch of people around him and they were all sort of, they were all doing the card system, uh, but they were very secretive about everything about the cards and like they wouldn't reveal what they knew to each other. It was like a bunch of really sort of greedy type people, you know, it was, it was really, it kind of it was off-putting, I think, to me, to see this sacred system uh, in the hands of people that felt like they had to, like, hide it from each other and keep what they knew secret and not let too much out, make sure they got paid well for it and all this stuff. And I just like decided I was going to blow that all out of the water. I just made it all public. I just told, <laughs> I just told everything. 
you know, and they didn't have most of them never published a book or anything. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to go out there and this deserves to be used by everybody. This is a system that everybody should be able to have access to. It's it's an awesome, accurate, easy to use. It's the easiest to learn of all the systems, really. I mean, you can learn this system in a half an hour. You can be doing readings for yourself. So, and you'll get accurate results right off the bat. It's like, there's no other system uh, that I know of that's, that's like that. So, you know, it was, it's been really fun. I've been doing this since 1988, uh, professionally. And, um, so what's that, Matt? That's, what's that? 30 years. Wow. Time flies. Time flies. Now, and in 1991, um, you were initiated as a grand master in the order of the Magi. So what does exactly does that mean? Because I know what you were just saying is that your purpose is to really preserve this information, to get the information out there. But what does it mean to be a grand master in the order of the Magi? Well, I I was aware the sacred symbols of the ancients book hints about a group called the Order of the Magi. She mentions it sort of in passing almost. And, um, but when I was studying and stuff, I, you know, I, I, I saw it and I recognized that there was this order, but there was nobody who knew anything about the Order of the Magi. There, I, you know, I searched around and nobody I knew or anybody I had any contact with had any information about some group called the Order of the Magi. So I just sort of let it go. And then um, a couple, like in 1991, this was like after I was into it, after I published my, published my first book in 1989. So in 1991, one of my uh a woman that was also into the cards and had studied with my teacher. She called me one day, we were kind of buddies, and she said, hey, I think I found the Order of the Magi. And I was, of course, very excited because I thought, wow, there's so much information that is not available about this system. These guys, this will be the best discovery ever if I get to talk to these people. So I immediately, she gave me a phone number and I called them and this old man answered the phone and he goes, yep, I, we're the Order of the Magi. And it was like this this really sweet old couple who lived up in Paradise, California. And, um, you know, I introduced myself on the phone and I immediately made plans to go up there from L.A., which is like a, a long drive. It's like 500 miles. <laughs> California is a very long state. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Tennessee, but vertical. Um, anyway, I I drove up there and met them, and I was disappointed because they didn't really have a lot of information about the card system. It turned out that Frank, who was the Grand Master of the Order, he uh, he was more into numerology, and when he was member of the Order of the Magi, and then and back in the 30s or 40s or whatever, uh, they were they were recruiting people from all different kinds of esoteric knowledge. So he was recruited because he was a numerologist and he knew a little astrology, but he didn't know much. And, um, and he didn't really have a lot of card knowledge, you know? But he did have a little bit, and it was really cool what I learned from him was the formula how you can calculate a person's birth card from their birthday without having to look it up. And he taught that to me. 
But then, you know, I I uh, had a really pleasant visit with them. And then uh, I went home and then I got a call from them because I was going to go up and visit them again. And they said, uh, you have to come up here because we've been instructed by the order of the Magi on the on the astral level that you have to be initiated. And I didn't even know there was any kind of a uh, hierarchy or, you know, I didn't know anything about any of that. And, but I just said, well, I'm going to do it, you know, whatever. So I went back up there and um, they prepared me and I received an initiation as a grandmaster. They told me that um, I had already learned all this information in a past life and they gave me the names of uh, the name I was in the past life and so forth. And, you know, it all felt right because it, I really did pick up the system really, really quickly. I mean, it's like I already knew it. You know, it just came so fast. So I was initiated. And then I realized that this system had a really deep spiritual uh, component to it, which I was actually looking for that. I just didn't ask for it. But I... I really wanted to be doing work that had a strong spiritual component. And once I realized that that's what the Order of the Magi was really all about, I felt really, really blessed that I had, you know, found the Order of the Magi and that I had been initiated. And they told me at that time that it was my job to basically disseminate this information to the world. And I had already made that commitment to myself before I even contacted them. So everything just fit together beautifully. And it was like a really beautiful initiation that um, inspired me to, it sort of gave me a foundation for this work that I didn't have before. And, you know, I've been doing it ever since. And we have, um, the Order of the Magi is basically on the astral plane right now. Not really, I mean, I'm here and I'm doing the work, but there's really not, we're still in a very dark age right now, believe it or not. I mean, we might think we're in the enlightened age and so forth, but it's, if you look around and see what's happening in the world, you realize that the, we're in a very dark period historically right now where a lot of evil things are happening on, on you know, on a daily basis. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the reason why the Order of the Magi isn't stronger or bigger now, but I've been very careful about how I uh, conduct myself in regards to the Order of the Magi. And we had a group for about seven years that we're doing, we had a group called the Magi Fellowship. And it went really well for about seven years. And then I, we had sort of a breakdown and I realized that there wasn't really that commitment to the spiritual ideals that I thought the order should be committed to. It's a long story, but we, be, we basically disbanded. And now I just do private teaching and I, I do no, no longer offer certification or membership in the Order of the Magi at this time. Okay. Um, well, thank you for sharing that background. Um, and when you were talking about 
the your connection to the spiritual component of the deck and and this whole system it leads me to a question um and you had mentioned something in the book i wish i highlighted it but it i have the question about is there such thing as free will or things really predestined um you know the first time i ever had my birth chart read by an astrologist it was so accurate and i couldn't understand how this was predicted this person knew nothing about me just my date of birth the time i was born the place i was born and they sat there and they told me everything that had happened up until, you know, that, that certain day. Uh-huh. And, um, I remember you had quoted somebody who said that they didn't necessarily believe in free will, that they felt that everything was predestined. And I apologize. I don't remember the name that you had mentioned in the book, but when I'm reading this book and I'm looking at my card, which is the four of diamonds, um, you know, then I'm looking up my parents. I'm looking up everyone that I've ever dated. I looked up my two husbands, um, <laughs> that I was married to. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is crazy. So accurate. So then that makes me wonder, you know, like, is it really predestined? Because I, I, I was, you know, been playing around with the whole law of attraction and manifestation idea. And, you know, can I attract that perfect mate? And then when I look at my personality card of the queen of diamonds too, there's some, there's some tough stuff going on in the love department there. So, um, you know, so I have lots of questions about that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a, that's a question that most people have uh, when they first encounter the system. Okay, so you have to understand karma a little bit, I think is, is real important if you really want to answer this question. You have to understand the nature of karma. So karma is just the law of cause and effect, right? So uh, applying that to our lives, okay, like a lot of, in my opinion, most of what we encounter in life is, is happening as a result of prior actions that we have done. And it has to be a past life because uh, you can't account for everything that happens to a person by things that they did in this lifetime. But like if you kick a ball, the ball will roll, right? And if you see a ball rolling, you know that something or someone has kicked it or pushed it, right? So you can make that inference about when you see something. Something caused this to happen. Now, in my own spiritual path, I realized that most of, we we think we're conscious. There's like an illusion, I think, that that we have, we share, especially among spiritual people, we think we can choose things. We really think we're choosing a lot in our life. And we do make choices. There's no doubt that we make choices. But we have no idea how much of our life is totally unconscious, is governed by unconscious forces. I mean, when I look at relationships and I see so many times a people, two people have a certain connection I see them as being completely helpless about that connection. There's no way you can change it. It's going to show up the way that it is. And it's just a matter of whether you would say, well, I I choose that or not. You can certainly walk away from it, but you're never going to be able to change the way that energy manifests. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So so, um, I think that 
until a person really becomes really conscious in their life, there's no way they can say, I choose this or I'm really making this. I think it's an illusion of the mind because the mind is connected to the ego and the ego really wants to think it's in control. And that's, a, that's one of the fundamentals of the ego is that it, it wants to think that it has some kind of control over what's going on. And it's always trying to co-opt all of our experiences to regain this control. So uh, that's, but if you look at our choices, like, like for, let's just take one example, like relationships. Like, is it possible for somebody to actually make themselves be attracted to somebody? No, <laughs> no. It's not. No. It, absolutely, it absolutely is not possible to say, oh, this is the best card for me. I'm going to go marry this person. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can say that and then you'll go meet the person of the exact birthday and you may feel nothing for them. You may uh, feel mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. So what is what is going on is the question, right? Like, where does it really happen? Like where who's deciding and people always go for who they're attracted to. I mean, without almost without fail, we end up with the person that we're the most attracted to. So what is this law of attraction? Like what is actually behind it? This is something that we really ask ourselves, but it's a good question. It's a good thing to look at and see. And I see attraction being a completely unconscious uh, process that, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but I, you might have heard this before, but I think we're ultimately always end up with a person that's going to help us grow the most spiritually. Mm-hmm. A person that's going to mirror the the most stuff that we have that's still remaining to be seen, that's unconscious and needs to be healed within ourselves. I think that's who we ultimately end up with every single time. And if and I find that if we're really, really super attracted to somebody, that's a person that really has a huge potential for us for spiritual growth. And when I say spiritual growth, I mean knowledge of ourself and what's going on inside, you know? Right. So, so you know, um, I, I always tell my clients when they ask, I say, go for the person you're most attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I it say, does. You know, <laughs> if, if you're really attracted to somebody, that's meant, that's a relationship that has uh, tremendous value for you. Mm-hmm. Now, now that person may, you may fight, you may fight with them constantly. You know, I don't know if you're, I mean, I've had fighting relationships pretty much my whole life, um, marriages and relationships because I have fighting in my chart. You know, it was in my karma to fight with women because I fought with my mother. You know, it's like, it's all there. Yeah. It, so, yeah, I can look at a baby's chart and any really good astrologer can. They can look at a baby's chart and see their whole life, see what they're going to go through uh, karmically and and uh, say things like, you know, whether their parents will be together for very long. There's a lot of things you can tell. Depends on how many tools you have, how much you know astrology. But the information is there. And it's like a karmic... I call it like a map of our personal karma. So the birthday, I'm sorry, just let me finish real quick. The birthday as revealed, the information about our birthday as revealed by either astrology or the cards is going to reveal kind of the same information. 
It's going to reveal like this karma that we brought with us from a past life. And you, you also talk about um, in the cards, there's the low end and the high end of the card. And I'm, I'm wondering if consciousness, you know, plays into how you can get the most use out of the high end of the card. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. it, it, it does. I mean, I've, I've experimented with, with this a, a great deal in my own life. I mean, I see my cards coming and I've seen... I've seen the, the best cards and I've seen some really terrible cards too, you know, really scary stuff, <laughs> you might say. And, you know, there's a lot of scary cards in the card system. You know, the nines are mostly people are, are really a fearful of nines and uh, fearful of Saturn cards, things in Saturn. So like the worst card possible is like the nine of spades in Saturn. Okay, for example, if you have a Saturn card of a nine of spades, there's going to be some sort of significant loss in that period, right? You can you can you can you can count on it. It's going to be some kind of significant personal loss, but it and it could mean the death of somebody. It could mean your own death. It could mean, but it's going to be the death of something. Absolutely, something is going to. Uh, end something significant is going to end during that period so i had a nine of spades in saturn a couple of years ago and um you know i never worried about a card before that never worried about any card i had but that nine of spades for some reason i just thought that's gonna be that's gonna be big i don't know what that is but that's gonna be big so i had a little trepidation about about that nine of spades in saturn and it it showed up on the very first day of Saturn. I mean, it showed up like on the very first day of Saturn. And it it, it turned out to be actually uh, an income tax thing, a loss of finances. But really, really was was a loss of an identity that I had of myself as being somebody that had a certain financial status or financial position in life. Once I saw that, once I realized, and I, see, I've studied these cards for a long time. I know what a nine is asking for. I know what sevens are asking for. So once I saw that clearly and really sat with that, I was able then to just let it go. And as soon as I let it go, it was no longer a problem. It was no longer uh, bad. Does that make sense? It does, yes. And, um, and going back to the story that I shared in the beginning, I believe it was the nine of spades that was both in the spread for my client and her boyfriend at the time in that year, uh -huh. uh, which denoted that loss. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's so, talk. So, but that nine of spades could mean, I just want to point out that that yeah. nine of spades could mean, for different people, could mean all different kinds of losses. But what's significant about any nine like that is that there's something that we've been hanging on to that has to be released because it's no longer it's it's blocking either blocking our progress spiritually or even just in terms of our happiness. It's blocking our progress in life. So it's when you, when you step back from it and look at it, especially after the fact, I always see that it was always a very loving beautiful thing that occurred, even though it was like the scariest card in the deck. Right. One of my teachers always said, April, there's always a gift in something, you know, that's really yeah. tough to get through. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. So go ahead. I'm All right. Sorry. Yeah. So no, that's okay. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the cards and maybe the suits, so people have an idea of what you and I are talking about. Because I feel yeah, like yeah. we're having a private conversation, and people are like, "What's going on? What's the spades? What's the diamonds?" But um, you know, if people were to go to your website, they would be able to find out their birth card. Um, so obviously, we can't go over everybody's birthday. But I was wondering if um, before people find out what their birth card is if you can give a short snippet of what each um what each suit represents personality sure, wise sure okay. so so just to just to say this real quick uh, you can go to seventhunders.com my site and there's a little widget on there that you can put your birthday in and find out what your card is what your birth card is so uh you're going to either be a heart club or a diamond or a spade right so the um these, these, this is not your only card, by the way. Most people have two cards, and some have three or as many as four that are what I call significators. They actually are representations of, of you, you might say. But the birth card is the first and foremost one of all of them. It's the one that we look at uh, first when we're looking at, like, who are you is the birth card. So if you're a heart card, hearts represent the first season of life, which is spring. So this is like when babies are being born and it's like when we're a child with our parents. So it's the suit of love and it's a suit of relationships. Sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> That's okay. He's uh, he's actually he he wants to sit in my lap all day long, and he's Aww. sitting in, he's sitting in my lap right now, and he's hearing something outside. So hearts, they no matter how old they are, they always are very childlike. Like I had a heart girlfriend once, and I had never had a heart girlfriend before. And one day she got really mad at me. Of course, that's what I that's my mo is getting having fights with my <laughs> partners. And I had never seen anybody throw a tantrum like that. Like it was like a three-year-old in front of me. Uh, you know, I, I was just, I was actually scared. It was so intense. Like it was like an adult throwing like a three-year-old tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> so hearts can be like that. They can really lose it emotionally because it's a suit of emotions too. The hearts are the suit of love, feelings, emotions, and so forth. Hearts love children, usually, and a heart mother will love her child the most when it's very young. Very interesting, mm. because once a child grows up a little bit, they lose interest in the child because they like that heart period of life. OK, mm. so clubs are the next suit, and that's summer. Clubs are summer, and clubs is when we go to school. So clubs are all about learning, knowledge, distinctions, uh, details, um, things of this nature. And clubs are all about communication. So clubs are very uh, detail-oriented. And like it's always clubs that finds errors in my books and writes me and says, Robert, did you know you got a, an error on this book, <laughs> on this page? Yeah, you got the wrong word there, or you misspelled a word, or something's missing. It's always clubs that find that stuff for me, and I appreciate them <laughs> for that. 
because I, I, I'm not good at that stuff anyway. So clubs like um, they're called eternal college students. Like they're always learning. They're the ones reading all the books. Even when they get old, they're always reading books. They love reading. They love learning. That's a club thing. A club mother will should be encouraging her her child, son or daughter, to talk because a club wants to talk with their kids. So they get excited when the kid starts talking. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and clubs love to hang out with younger people like college students or, or people in school. They, they, they feel very comfortable in those settings and they'll often go back to school and be around young people. That's a club thing. Then we have diamonds. Those are the diamonds of the adults of the deck. They are all about value because it's the harvest season, the fall season of life and the fall season of the year. And they're all about what's everything worth. And it's during the diamond phase of life that we accumulate the most wealth or most property or whatever. And you'll find that diamond kids, they like to hang out with adults. They don't like to hang out. They don't want to be considered to be... Um, uh, they don't want to be considered to be a baby, for example. Okay, I had a son, a seven of diamonds, my, my first son. Could not potty train him. He would not potty, absolutely refuse. Seven of diamonds are very, very fixed. They just won't, they just don't budge about anything. Um, so one day I just said to him, you know, you know, Jonathan, uh, big boys don't poop their pants. <laughs> And that was all you had to say, right? Yeah, he potty trained himself right that day, that day. That day, <laughs> that was it. You know, he's like, I'm not going to be some little kid, you know. Right. So you'll always find diamond kids hanging out with kids a little older, and being very comfortable with them. And we're all about worth. I'm a diamond. You're a diamond. You know, we're all about what's everything worth. And it's embarrassing for me because. Uh, you know, I catch myself like, how much does that cost? How much does that cost? And, and it drives me crazy. Uh, but I, I just do it, you know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're married to a diamond, you know, you better be worth it or they'll get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll upgrade to something that's worth more. <laughs> right. Right. And then we have spades. Spades are the workers of the deck. Um, spades are old people, young even babies who are spades, they love the grandparents. They want to hang out with the older people. And they're the most mature, you might say. They're also very work-oriented. They're all about work. They're all about getting things done. Uh, my wife, we, we look at a person's birth card and their karma cards. And you can see, like, for me, I'm like, I'm like five diamonds and one heart, if you look at my birthday. Because I have diamond karma cards as well as um, my darm, my ruling card and my birth card are both diamonds. My wife is one club and five spades. So, oh my God, she's like got to be working all the time. She's got to do things. It's like, I mean, I, I appreciate it, but it's so different from me. Like, I'm not going to work unless I can get something out of it, you know? Right. <laughs> she works because she loves to work. She just loves to do things. And it's uh, so different. So that's the spades for you. And, you know, they're the suit of wisdom sometimes, but not always. They're not all smart. They're not all wise. But, you know, we consider them to be the suit of the wisdom because wisdom comes with old age. It comes through experience. Right. It's the ex it's actually having experience. So does that give you a, kind of a little introduction there for yeah, your list yeah. for your listeners? 
Absolutely. And when they are able to find out, you know, their card, I think that that will help them a lot to go along with the conversation that we're having. Um, and I know that you did ask for my birth card and I also, as you know, that I'm the four of diamonds. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about what you could tell me about that. And I was also wanted to ask you the question to see if I did it right of finding out my planetary card. And I think it's the six of clubs. Yes, it is six of clubs. So, so you're. I've learned um, over the years that um, you really have to know a person's birth and ruling card before you really talk about them or make any kind of evaluation of them. Because if you're only looking at one of them, you're missing half the story. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, so you are a four of diamonds and a six of clubs and, and the six of clubs adds a lot to your birthday. Actually, it adds a lot to your card because six of clubs is a very, uh, kind of a career oriented, more driven to excel card than a four of diamonds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, being um, a six of clubs gives you a much greater chance of having success in a career, for example, or because you'll be motivated for that more than it would if you weren't a six of clubs. Okay. Yeah. So four diamonds, they come in two. They come in two basic kinds. There's a lazy four diamonds that are never amount to much and they struggle through life. And then there's the six of diamonds who work and are willing to work who do fantastic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's a lot of lazy six, four diamonds people out there, you know, just, uh, and it's, it's a hard card in a sense, because if they are lazy, their life is usually miserable. I doubt that you are because of the six of clubs, the six of clubs would, you know, motivate you so much that I can't imagine you being lazy. You understand? No, I, I run three, I have three businesses. (laughs) So yeah, 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 there you go. And you know, six of clubs is a card that always looks for bigger. Like I had a couple of friends that opened up a a burrito place here in Nashville and I did their charts and stuff for their business and it was fun and all that. And one of them was a queen of clubs and one was a six of clubs. Well, the queen of clubs guy was very content to uh, be providing burritos for the community and watching people be happy eating his burritos and so forth. The six of clubs guys, like we got to franchise our business. <laughs> we got to take this national, you know, mm-hmm. just not, it was not enough for him to have a successful local business, you know, and eventually they parted ways. It, they, it was friendly, but they, they obviously, it was just bound to happen because the six of clubs guy was not going to be happy with just running a burrito shop in Asheville. See? So that's that's a, a thing about six of clubs that you would have, which helps you be more successful. And, and in addition to that, four of diamonds all have a great sense for business. They just born with it. I mean, one of my cousins is a four of diamonds, Leo, and he's worked for Jerry Bruckheimer and other. He's like, he's amazing. He makes like over a million bucks a year and he's like a. He's like a business genius, like 
they can go into business and show them how they need to reorganize or do their thing better to make more money. And they're just so good at it. Like nobody's better than they are at that. So naturally you would be good at your own business too. You know, there would be no problem in you being successful at your own business. And, and that's really, that's, you know, again, another part that's really interesting about this because I never went to school for any marketing or business. I have no business degree. I have no marketing degree. I know my, my schooling is in psychology. I have a master's in that. And, um, and some people yeah. will say, well, April, how did you do it? And I'm like, I have no idea how I did it. <laughs> I'm like, I know nothing about business per se. I'm not trained in it. I don't know marketing, but somehow I've been able to figure that out and have been, you know, pretty, you, pretty uh, you were born you were born knowing marketing because see when you when you think about this thing we talked about in the beginning about karma like you already had this training in a past life you understand if you're a four diamonds you're born with it you don't have to learn it from anybody uh-huh. i never took any courses on business i'm a queen of diamonds i know i made money when i was five years old and i haven't stopped you know uh-huh. I, I mean uh, it's just like we understand business. We don't have, we learned it before. That's the only explanation that really makes sense is that you, know, you learned it before and it just had to be catalyzed. And also we're, we're just attracted to it naturally, you know, right? naturally just went in that direction. I mean, yep. how would a six year old kid get motivated to go out and, and sell uh, lemonade and stuff? You know, where would that come from? Right. You know, you know, I mean, what other explanation is there that would that would actually explain that? That's that's my point. Now, another question that I had, too, about um, my chart and some of the stuff that I listened to on your YouTube YouTube channel um, in other birth chart readings. Now, granted, this is different. What we're talking about today is different than astrology. But um, some astrologists had said that I had very strong Jupiter in my chart, which is related to money. And you had mentioned in some of your YouTubes that if you have a seven or ten of diamonds in, is it in Jupiter? If it falls into Jupiter, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, it, if it fell into Jupiter in your life spread or in a yearly spread, it could happen in a year also. Right, and I don't know if you have the if you have the ability to check that out, but I'm kind of wondering, you know, okay, so am I just going to be working hard my whole life and just running these businesses and have these ideas, or will something break? Well, um, okay, so. You need to be willing to work your whole life. You need to have that attitude. Other anything else will uh, will take away from your success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing about four diamonds. See, they think they keep thinking it should be easier. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, and that and that's when they fall into the pit when they when they and and they'll they'll often like four diamonds women will like marry a guy thinking that they're going to get out they're going to this is going to be their ticket out of all this hard work right mm-hmm. and they always end up with a guy that's just like actually worse he's like stingy he's he doesn't you know they end up doing more work yeah um i mean i had i have a friend that has uh, a four diamonds she's a ruling card four diamonds not even a four diamonds birth card she got married to this guy that was a really nice guy but you know not his fault or anything but he got sick really sick 
could not work. She had to do everything, you know, for years. He was like disabled, like shortly after they got together. It was just strange fate, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. And I knew another Four Diamonds in California. She was our next door neighbor and she fell in love with this guy who was like the manager at Denny's. Well, that's a good, that's an okay job, but it's not going to support you in California. They got married and, and proceeded to have three kids within two years. I'm like, that's a, that's a formula for a struggle the rest of your life right there. <laughs> you know? Having three kids on a, like a really base salary like that, you know, it, sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes the karma is just going to play itself out, you know. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that four diamonds people, when they get older, they, they usually have plenty of time and the, and the means to travel, which is what they love to do is travel. Mm-hmm. And, and to m- more enjoy life. It comes later. It, it comes. It just comes later. All right. Well, I'll take that. I'm going to keep working hard, though. I can't imagine not working. Like, I just love what I do, too. So, you know, maybe that's more of that six of clubs uh, feeling that overcomes me when I'm I'm doing yeah. this kind of work. Yeah. If you, yeah. That's that's and that's the key. I mean, it's uh, the four diamonds has a Jupiter Saturn thing to it. Okay, it has a Jupiter Saturn energy to it, which means that if you put in the work, Saturn, you get the Jupiter, which is the, the blessings. See? Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's that's how it works. Um, my my wife has a good friend who's a four diamonds, and she, I mean, I I can't really judge her, but she. Uh, she doesn't really like to work, you know, and they have no money. But she, she gets to do things, but it's on a very limited kind of a scale, you know. It, right. It's, it's not the full, full-blown having prosperity and being able to do whatever you want kind of a lifestyle. Right. Now, I'd like to ask that question um, for my client um, that of the story that I was talking about earlier on. And, um, what she had said to me is that she's a six of diamonds and her boyfriend was a five of spades. Um, and then as well as the nine of clubs and the 10 of hearts, she said the only two combos with a 10 cat compatibility and the same exact connections each way. The 10 of diamonds and Jack of clubs has it too, but it's not the same as the other two sets. And she said, the question would be, what's the meaning of this rare connection? I want to know because I'm a six of diamonds and he was a five of spades. Okay. So, um, what birthday is she? What birthday is he? Oh gosh. I'm going to have to email it to you. Cause I, well, I, well, well, I need to know the ruling card, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm asking. That's what really what I'm asking is. So I, you, like I said earlier, I wouldn't do anything without knowing the birth and ruling card together. Okay. Cause you're missing half the story. You mentioned other cards there. You mentioned like, uh, nine of clubs. Where did you get that? Was that his ruling card? I think that's her ruling card. And... She's a five, she's a five of spades, nine of clubs. No, she's a six of diamonds, nine of clubs. He's a no, five of spades. No, 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 no. no. no, no there, there is no six of diamonds that has a nine of clubs ruling card. They have a nine of clubs karma card. Um, okay. But um, there is a five of spades that has a nine of clubs ruling okay. card. The, the Taurus uh, five of spades, which is in May, the beginning of May. I think it's May the 1st, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look okay. it up. But... Um, so what's the rare connection she asked about? What was the name of it? Um, the connection that she was talking about is that 
you had said in the book that there's only two combos with a 10 compatibility and her and this boyfriend of hers had that 10 compatibility. Oh, okay. And she wanted to, she, you had said that the meaning of that is rare and she wanted to know what, what was the meaning of that? Why is it so rare with those compatibilities? Yeah. I'd have to look in the book and see what I wrote about that because it's not coming to mind off the top of my head like it might have been in her chapter the six of diamonds i do know that um she has a mutual venus with this five of spades which is very nice um but i really would need to know their ruling card to really tell you the whole story Okay. All right. Well, unfortunately, no problem. I'm sure she'll end up contacting you. She's been studying your books and just, she just said, well, if you happen, you know, if you can ask this question, that would be great. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy. Just have her email me. I'd be happy to answer that for her. Okay. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. We didn't even like, we just touched the surface of all the things that we could talk about <laughs> with this because, you know, there's also the ability to talk about the 52 day card, the daily card, a yearly card. Um, and that might be more in the other book. Cause the one that we were talking about today is about relationships, but the, card yeah, of your destiny. yeah. You know, I was, I, I only sent you one of the books so you'd have something to, to look at, but you know, we can talk about both the whole system it's just that we've divided it up into like, you know, the natal chart and the relationships, which would be like the love cards. And then we, then the transits and progressions, which is the cards of your destiny, what's happening. And there are so many things to talk about there because there's significant life cycles and years of life for different birthdays. And, you know, it, it, it all, uh, it's, it's again, like, a part of the karmic pattern we're born under. Like there are certain cards, for example, that have really great career cards really often in their life, in their yearly spreads. You know, they have these show up frequently in their life. So you could say that these certain cards are have a much better chance of success at career because it just shows up that way for them a lot more frequently than other birthdays and other cards. So... All right. Yeah. So I know that we're running out of time, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'd really love to have you back on too to talk about the cards of your destiny after I explore that book some more. And, um, you know, if that's possible. Oh yeah. And was all, yeah. It was also, I know that you can, you do personal readings. Um, somebody can have a personal card training as well. Um, do you do an actual type of school to teach people how to be able to become these readers? They can learn. They can learn everything I teach through courses I have on my website that I've, that I've recorded, and they're divided up into beginner, intermediate, advanced, and professional level. Um, I've taught, you know, for a long time, and I began recording these so that I could just have them, and then people can just watch the recordings, and they have the handouts that were given, and they can learn in the whole system is to whatever extent they want just by taking the courses on my website. I'm available for private private uh, lessons if it's desired, but you know, it's expensive because I charge a lot for my time when you can just take the courses and learn everything, really, if you're if you're motivated to do so. You know, it's all right. there. 
So somebody like me, who I'm like fascinated by this, like I said, one thing I would recommend, if you can make the Love Cards book into small pocket size so I could carry it around with me everywhere I go and pull it out because that's what I've been doing like ever since I had your book. I'm sitting with my clients. I'm like, okay, before we talk about anything, let's take a look at your birth card. Let's read this. You know, let's learn about it. Um, So little pocket size would be great. Talk to your publisher about that. Well, Um, yeah, well, we have... (laughs) You know, we have software that works with your iPhone or your uh, your Android phone, and you can just put in a birthday and bingo, press on any card with your finger, and up comes the whole thing. So we have that. Oh, okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that that's pretty uh, pretty helpful. Um, and so, we have we have software for computers also. You know. Yeah. So my question would be maybe somebody like myself, I might want to go online and take your free destiny course, um, go through it and then maybe do a private reading with you. Once I have a bunch of different questions and things that either I can't process on my own or make sense of. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, I do, well, this is like a, you're talking about a class there, not a reading so much, but a reading is when you want to find out like you got something major going on in your life and you want to find out like, well, what's going on here and what do I, what do I not know about this so I can make a better choice about it? You know, right. that's, what the, that's what the readings are all about. And we go, I use astrology in the readings as well as the cards. So it's very in depth, the, the personal reading, but the classes too, either way is, you know, I'm there for people. I like helping people. I like that interaction, that personal interaction. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for putting this information out, out there in the world. Um, I, I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm having lots of fun, you know, playing with this, reading it. It's, I now feel like, you know, I've been exposed to it maybe a couple weeks ago and I can't imagine it not being a part of my life now. So thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, if you get stumped or anywhere or need anything, just email me or something or call me or whatever, you know, I'm available to help support students in their studies. All right. Thanks, Robert. And for our listeners, uh, his website again is seventhunders.com. We'll also put that in the show notes. And I would also love to hear from you guys. If you get a chance and you explore his website, his books, you find out more about uh, your birth card. I'd love to hear about the accuracy of it. Feel free to email me at april at path11productions.com. So that's a wrap. Thanks so much, Robert. You're welcome, April. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. You can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Catch you next time.